the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today's show is called, Why Radical Islamists Support Obama and Why This Should Scare the Hell Out of You. Have you heard about Obama's ties to terrorism? You think these are only rumors? Think again. If anyone would know, it's today's guest, Raleigh Chubat, an ex-Palestinian terrorist who, through personal contacts and personal story, knows the truth about Obama. At great personal peril, Mr. Chubat, author of God's War on Terror and several other books um, that we'll I'll mention later, he comes forward today to talk to you and to warn you. Now, I know you Obama fans out there are getting ready to stick your fingers in your ear yet again, thinking, oh, no, there she goes on Obama again. But I don't have any personal, I'm not getting paid to put down Obama. I am terrified for the safety of this country. And um, it is amazing to me that he has gotten as far as he has, although um, we've heard before on the show talking about some rich people who are behind him and who have helped him get where he's gotten. But still, it's very disturbing that so many people want to believe in this illusion of hope that he's offering. I mean, everyone wants to feel hope, but it's an illusion of hope that he's offering and are not really paying attention to the danger that he presents. So, since um, my guest is a much better expert on exactly why this is so than I can explain in such detail. I've invited him on the show. Wally, actually, if you've been listening to my show for a number of years, you will recognize my guest since he was on the show before. He's a very brave man with a very interesting past, and uh, he's sticking his neck out yet again today. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Wally. Thank you for having me. Well, let's, let's, before we get into Obama, um, I think we need to, uh, because there is such resistance to this, um, I think why don't we start off by tell, your telling um, some of your own background so people know, you know, really where you're coming from and, and um, where your passion is, why you're so passionate about telling the truth about things as well. Actually, there's a parallel between my uh, upbringing, life, uh, origin, similar to Obama in a way. Because like Mr. Obama, I have an American mother and a Muslim father. Uh, She fell in love with my father in the United States in college. And she decided to get married. She was nine months pregnant with myself. She decided to go make a visit to the Middle East. When she entered the camp of the Middle East, she wasn't allowed to leave back to her country for 35 years, so she was stuck in the Middle East. My birth certificate basically said, father, Muslim, mother, Christian, child, Muslim. So the Islamic background was determined at the birth because the father is a dominant figure in the Middle East, in the Muslim 
child automatically becomes a Muslim. Hmm. Now, would and, that would that do you think that would have been? What do you, how do you think that would have affected Obama? Same way. What, that's what I was wondering. It's the same way in a, in a Muslim culture. Okay. I mean, whether he was born here or born well, there. Well, his father is Kenyan. He lived in Indonesia. And uh, as a Muslim, by law, you've got to go to Islamic studies. By law, you've got to be brought up as a Muslim. And uh, by law, if that child later on decides to leave the faith of Islam, he's to be killed. That's the bottom line. So it is the same legal system because most Westerners don't recognize that Islam in itself is not simply a religion. Sure, it has religious text, but it's also a constitution. It's also a form of government. It's also civil law. It's also Sharia law. This is the name of the Islamic legal system, Sharia law. This is part of the system they're trying to establish Sharia courts in England, the UK, in which they succeeded. They're trying to do it in Canada. They're trying to do it here. So this system, this legal system, dominates the Middle East, dominates every single country that is, that is Muslim. It dominates it, it, to a certain aspect, you know, not fully integrated in, let's say, in Indonesia, but it has to be partially integrated in every single Muslim society when it comes to marriage, divorce, laws, inheritance. All Muslim countries have Islamic Sharia law. They use religious Sharia code to go for issues of uh, all kinds of things, penalties and what, what have you. So the Sharia system encompasses all the Muslim world. And you have 57 Muslim countries. You know, uh, every single one of them establishes a certain amount of law, of Islamic Sharia law, legal system. So we're talking about legal system, not a religion in this case, only. So like Mr. Obama, I lived in the Muslim culture. I even went to a Christian school. Just like Mr. Obama went to a Catholic school, I went to an Anglican school. But yet the Christianity that is taught, even in the Christian schools in an Islamic-dominated society, the Christianity that is adhered to in these schools is not like the evangelical Christianity of America. So in school I learned uh, Jesus was a Palestinian revolutionist. Just as you see Pastor Wright you know, teaching that uh, basically it's about social reform, anti-white, anti-America. You've heard the speeches. God bless America. No, God, I don't want to say the word, you know, de-America, that kind of thing. So this is the kind of, the, the hatred towards America in those cultures is immense. So this is why Obama joined such a church. It is an anti-America church, an anti-Christian church, but adheres to Christianity in a facade of Christianity, in order to, uh, you know, integrate into the American culture. The same way in Israel, these, these uh, Christian schools have the same systems. Now, by the time I went to the government school, in the government school, of course, you had to learn Islamic education. Mr. Obama also, proven fact, learned Islamic education. He had to go to a Muslim class. This has been proven. This is not an issue of debate, even. You know, he has. His teacher testified that he entered into the Islamic studies when he was a Muslim because the birth certificate says Muslim child, period. No questions about it. So, however, in my case, I lived in a Muslim culture, but it was one of the worst terroristic cultures in, history, in the world. I was in the Palestinian areas. And there in high school, we learned Islamic eschatology, Islamic end times, 
Uh, in fact, this is what the Prophet of Islam said regarding the ends of times. You know, that the Jews, you know, will be gathered to the land, the Holy Land, and then the trees and the stones will cry out, there's a Jew hiding behind me, come, O Muslim, come and kill him. So the eschatological mindset of the Muslims living in Muslim cultures is, you know, being taught all throughout Shia and Sunni schools. So the idea of the Mahdi, or the Islamic Messianism, the Messianic uh, mindset of Muslims, or the coming of the Mahdi, the Muslim Messiah, encompasses not only Shiites, as most Americans think, because most Americans think that when you talk about the Mahdi, you're talking about uh, Iran, only the Shiite. That's not true. Every single Muslim believes in the coming of the Mahdi, just as much as Christians believe in the coming of Jesus. So you have you know, two Messianic movements, basically, the Islamic religion and the Christian faith as well. Even within the Jewish faith, there's Islamic, sorry, there is Messianic uh, belief system that the Messiah will come. They disagree with the Christians. However, you know, all, all these religions are Messianic by nature. But the difference is that the Islamic Messianism encompasses the takeover of the Christian world. In fact, if you look at uh, some of the most moderate scholars of the Islamic teaching, Sheikh Qabbani, Hisham Qabbani, uh, he's the most moderate. He is hailed by even the right wing of America as a peaceful Muslim. If you read his book, what does he teach? He says that basically when the Mahdi comes, Christianity will be obliterated. Mm. So this is the problem. They don't... The West doesn't see the messianic movements or the messianic thinking process of the even the, what, what they think and consider moderate Muslims. Because some will say, okay, Obama lived as a moderate Muslim upbringing. But there is no such thing as called moderate Islam. Islam is Islam. It's a religion of Islam. It's been like that from the eons of time. So living in the Middle East, living in that culture, what does that produce when you have anti-Semitic belief system? You come out of your house and you see graffiti all over the walls. What kind of graffiti? Gang graffiti? No. Uh, we knock on the gates of heaven with the skulls of Jews. You know, very blunt, very right to the point. You know, we're going to kill the Jews. You know, I'm not saying Obama's calling to kill the Jews, but I'm saying that's the Islamic upbringing that we grew up with. Um, so you can see what that does to a child. You go to the Temple Mount, from the Temple Mount, Akrim Asabri, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem calls for the destruction of Israel, even calls the Wailing Wall down there where the Jewish worshippers go, is the Islamic holy site, where the uh, Joseph's tomb becomes an Islamic holy site, they burned it, uh, where it, the church's activity that belongs to the Christians is to be hailed as a mosque and being taken over by terrorists where it is desecrated. This is the problem, you know. No one is talking about these issues that happens in the Muslim world by Muslims. You know, uh, nobody wants to talk about these elements, the destruction of holy sites and things like that. Even the Jewish communities avoid the subject. This is why when it comes to the Jewish community, even I have a problem, because they love to talk about the Holocaust. They love to talk about dead Nazis, but no one wants to talk about the living Nazism mm -hmm. that is inculcating in our culture, in our society, even amongst the Jewish communities. They don't want to address the issue of the Islamists, they don't want to address the issue of Islamic hatred because the whole world is, aware, is afraid of being called Islamophobic. Mm -hmm. So if you criticize Obama's background, you are considered an Islamophobe. And dare you be called an Islamophobe, you know, then you will get uh, stigmatized. 
So everybody is afraid, running around, afraid of being labeled with a stigma, of being called an Islamophobe. Yet if you look at the real battle, it's Christian phobia and Jewish phobia that is really going on here in the West and all around the world. In fact, you could see Barack Obama on YouTube criticizing the Bible, you know, criticizing the book of Leviticus, criticizing and claiming to be a Christian at the same time. So the, this is why, if you look at the majority of terror, Muslim terror groups, they support Barack Hussein Obama. His name is Barack Hussein Obama. No one wants to talk about the name Hussein. It's an anathema even to mention his middle name. <laughs> is it illegal to mention somebody's name? Mm-hmm. That's how far, this, this is the extent it's going on. If you look at the name Hussein, the name Hussein is only applied to a Muslim child. Never, if you will see, you'll never see the name Hussein applied to a Christian or Jewish child. Yes, yes, these are, this is a, a major, major problem that everyone is keeping their head in the sand. And we can Black talk ostriches. Yes. And uh, that's a very dangerous position to be in. That's right. Well, we'll talk more about this when we come back. My guest is Walid Shubat. He is the author of God's War on Terror. And uh, we're talking about radical Islamists supporting Obama and why this should be scaring the hell out of you. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today about why radical Islamists support Obama and why this should scare the hell out of you with my guest, who certainly knows, uh, having being an ex-Palestinian terrorist himself, who through his personal contacts and personal story is coming forward in personal peril to tell the truth about Obama, also very concerned that indeed this man uh, is on the brink of uh, potentially um, becoming president of the United States. Um, Waleed is the author of numerous books on terrorism. He gives talks on uh, major media outlets as well as conferences all over the world. Um, His books include God's War on Terror, Why We Want to Kill You, and Why I Left Jihad. So, Wally, let's continue where we left off in uh, in regard to um, why people... Well, why, one of the questions that I have is, how do you think... Um, that Obama has gotten as far as he has. I mean, how, how, what may, why do you think or how do you think that he's been able to pull the wool over, over people's eyes so easily? Well, the number one thing that he did was join a supposed Christian church because even Bill Clinton must join a church and, and Jimmy Carter must join a church. But if you look at the, uh, Jimmy Carter's Christianity, it's not what you think of as a regular evangelical Christian. He wants everybody to be, all the fundamentalist Christians, to be silent when it comes to their political views. So they must, though, join and claim to be Christian, because if you ask, let's say, Jimmy Carter, you know, he claims to be an evangelical Christian. However, you know, he says that it, the evangelical Christianity should not be involved into politics, yet he writes a book called Palestine, Peace, Not Apartheid. That is nothing but politics. In other words, only the liberal movement of the Christian realm can speak about politics. So you can see that Obama is in this, what I call the liberal realm of a Christian movement or, you know, claiming to join a a Christian church or claiming to join a, a Christian faith. That's how basically they get in. You know, so uh, Islam right now is is, is at a uh, uh, crossroads. Osama bin Laden failed uh, in destroying America. 
the, the only way, and this is the problem with Westerners, they think when it comes to Islam or terrorism or Islamic terrorism or Islamic fundamentalism, they think that terrorism is the explosive act. They don't understand that terrorism is a political act, that the, the problem is a political issue that we have to address. The problem of an attempt to dominate the world, to establish an Islamic hegemony throughout the whole world in which all non-Muslims must be subservient to Islam. So this is the whole movement. As a matter of fact, just as we were speaking, Ahmadinejad currently on the air is hailing the coming or praying for the ushering forth and the coming of the Islamic Mahdi or the Islamic Messiah. Hmm. So we see this messianic movement. Now, Obama it makes it very difficult for anybody to kind of figure out his mindset, and he claims to be a Christian. He, you know, many claim his father to be a Christian, which is not true at all. Uh, he's, he's, he's slept into the political arena. Uh, and you can see his activity. If he, wants, uh, if he goes to Kenya, he supports Odinga, which is within his same tribe. Uh, Odinga supports the establishment of what? Sharia Islamic law, the Islamic hegemony again. And yet he hails him and supports him. He's got associations with uh, uh, notorious uh, persons uh, like Rezko, a Syrian, a, a corrupt person. And then he, uh, within his, his Islamic liaison, uh, here's this one. I mean, the Islamic liaison for the Obama Foundation uh, is linked to uh, Jamal Saeed, a notorious uh, terror supporter, uh, financier for terrorism. Uh, in Chicago, Illinois, in a Bridgeview mosque. His liaison was linked to this guy, active with this guy. And he was in his, in his group from the Islamic, to represent the Islamic side as a Muslim. Uh, uh, Jamal Saeed was my, pers- my own mentor. So I, I have personal experience with this kind of groups. Jamal Saeed was a colleague of Abdullah Azam, the godfather of Al-Qaeda. This is nothing small. Hmm. This is huge, yet. Little is being talked about it. If you talk about it, you become an anathema. You become, you know, stigmatized. So, so here you, he has. So do Sorry. you think that with all of these ties that you started to mention um, to terrorists, uh, my feeling is that it's likely, I have no proof, but maybe you know something more about this, um, that there are terrorist funds fueling his campaign contributing to his campaign. I'm not saying all of the money is from terrorists, but do you know anything about that? No, I would not. I'm not an expert in the funding process, you know. So I, I, I can't comment on that, you know. Even some people say that some Barack Obama uh, joined the madrasa, which I don't agree with. He joined the regular government schools that are part of the system. This is what, uh, you know, gave the way for Obama to criticize his critics by saying, I will never join the madrasa. He's correct. He never joined a madrasa. When you say the word madrasa, it links to the Saudi madrasas. That's not the kind of school he went to. However, the regular government school or the school that he went to as a child does support the same ideology as a madrasa, no doubt about it. Hmm. In, in every Islamic school, they have this, these ideologies or a certain extent of these ideologies. But as far as the funding goes, I know, all what I know is that uh, he did have a connection with Rezko. Who is Rezko, the devious person? We don't know. Uh, and so I'm not an expert on the funding part. Mm-hmm. 
but certainly um, there has been uh, support or um, people who are involved in the terrorist movement. That is definite. That is definite. The, 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 the heads of Hamas openly in the media. So, you know, when we talk about evidence, I don't say anything unless I know for sure it's true, mm-hmm. and I can back it up with evidence. You know, the heads of Hamas supported Obama. Later on, attracted some of that just for the media purposes. You see on YouTube, uh, terror supporter Muammar Gaddafi of Libya. Muammar Gaddafi of Libya and to the whole country said that Barack Hussein Obama is a Muslim, that the whole nation should pray for him to win, to, be, to become victorious. Now, that's impossible with me. If I ran for the President of the United States of America, the Muslim world will be in, in an uproar. Mm-hmm. So why would it be that here's two converts, I am hated, he is loved by the Muslims. Why? That's a major question. Why would almost every single terror Islamic organization support him, and all the Islamists support him, and the Muslim extremists in America support him here in America, unless he is openly sympathetic? You can see him on a speech saying, if an Arab family is arrested, uh, that, that he would defend them. If an Arab American family is arrested, what's he talking about? If they're arrested for suspicion of terrorism, he will defend them. Mm. You know, in other words, uh, what he's going to do is, is similar to what CARE, Council of American Islamic Relations, is advocating. What do they advocate? They advocate the release of all terrorists. They advocate foreclosing Guantanamo Bay. Can you imagine? He has also made it open that he wants to close Guantanamo Bay. In other words, release the terrorists back into the, into the society. What kind of a president of an American country, of the American government, you know, wants to release terrorists mm-hmm. back to the streets? Mm-hmm. You know, this to me is appalling. This to me is something that every American should stand up and speak against. Don't, don't release the terrorists in Guantanamo Bay. Build more Guantanamo Bay to house the terrorists, period. You know, that or destroy them altogether. It is, this is a cancer. Not only will it destroy uh, itself by suicide bombing, but it will destroy us in the process. And, and no one is, is even paying attention to the ideologies of radical Islam or the idea of Islamic fundamentalism. I don't even like the term radical Islam, because when you say the word radical Islam, it means that there are certain people who hijacked Islam and who radicalized Islam. Either Islam is radical, or Islam was hijacked into what we call radical Islam. You can't have it both ways. But to say that Islam has radical elements... Oh boy, that's a problem. Yet can any real historian deny that Islam as a religion has radical elements? Because many people in America will say, okay, so what? He was raised as a moderate Muslim. But there is no such thing called moderate Islam. Where do you, can, can anybody show me where the manuscripts for moderate Islam exist? Can anybody show me where the Prophet of Islam, after he destroyed the Jews in Saudi Arabia, the Jews of Banu Quraida, Banu Nadir, Banu Qaynuqa, extradited Banu, uh, uh, Banu Qaynuqa and Banu Nadir, and then executed Banu Quraida by beheading all the male. And if they had hair on their pubic hair, they were beheaded. That's a proven fact in history from the old admission of the Islamic annals. No historian can deny these things by the founder of Islam himself. You know, So are we to say that Islam as a religion is not radical? So that's why I don't like the term radical yes, Islam. Yes. I call it Islamic fundamentalism, which means you go back to the fundamentals of Islam. Sure, there are Muslims who are peaceful, but 
they are not peaceful because of Islam. They're peaceful despite of Islam. In other words, they are liberal Muslims who don't want to adhere to these kinds of things. But can any historian say that Islam in itself is not radical, is not, you know, fundamentalist? If Islam in itself, this is my major argument with anybody. So look, if Islam as a religion is moderate, and if Islam as a religion gives rights to women, how come you never hear of a Muslim woman marrying a Christian boy, yet you always hear of a Muslim, a Muslim boy marrying a Christian girl. Mm-hmm. Well, wait. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait for the break to get the answer to that. But, um, but yes, it's. Um, I, I think a large part of the problem is that we do need to be better educated here about Islam. And uh, and then I think we would have been able to understand Obama better and what he what he risks bringing with him. Well, we do need to take another break. My guest is Walid Shubat. He's the author of several books about um, Islam, and he's a reformed terrorist himself, an ex-Palestinian terrorist, and uh, he knows what he's talking about. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, 
Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Waleed Shubat. He's the author of numerous books, God's War on Terror, um, Why... Why We Want to Kill You, Why I Left Jihad, um, Videos, Islam, What the West Needs to Know, Obsession, Radical Islam's War Against the West, and many, um, many other efforts to educate us about Islam. And I can tell in your voice how passionate you feel about this and how frustrating it is um, that Americans really don't have a clue about this. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not only that, I mean, it's, you know, it's people are ignorant sometimes about things or just don't know about things. But what's that, I mean, in a way you can't, blame them too much for that, although you would think after 9-11 people would want to learn more. But um, it's what's really disturbing is the denial that um, we're in here in America. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to learn these things because because they're too scary. We just like, we don't want to talk about Obama's middle name being, I mean, it's bad enough Obama and Osama, but then Hussein, you know, we don't want to go there because that's too scary. And yet... Um, you know, while while we're um, sipping our our lattes, um, these things are going on not only in the Middle East. I mean, it's not only uh, uh, people connected to Al Qaeda there, but it's all these people um, all around America coming over the border already here, doing um, working every day to destroy this country. And and the idea that now we have someone who, as you described. Um, you know, does come from this same mindset, and now ha- having gotten a party's nomination to be president, I mean, it's like, you know, if you if you made this as a script in Hollywood, it would never get made into a movie because people would say this is just not believable. Yes, it is. Truly, it is not believable. But uh, it, it's because I looked into the Western mindset and began to look at the, uh, the America's heritage, America's Christian heritage, America's biblical heritage. I began to see that many in the past have dealt with Islam. You know, uh, you have many presidents. Most Americans don't know that the, majority, the major part of their taxes in, the, in, in history past had to be paid as an appeasement money to the Islamists of the Muslim countries in North Africa in order for the pirates, Muslim pirates, not to attack them. And when the American government went to try to negotiate with them, they told them that in Islam we are demanded to consider non-Muslims as subservient nations, and they have to pay Islamic jizya, part of the Islamic law. Uh, so this is not something new that America dealt with. This is something that America hides away from its past. This is why 
when you hear the song from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Well, what happened in Tripoli? We all know the history. Yet no one wants to discuss them. You know, Adam Quincy Jones, how he addressed Islam. Or Winston Churchill, what he thought of Islam. If you read their writings on Islam, they're very similar to what I've been saying about Islam. Yet today, the political correctness in America is that you don't talk about Islam in what they consider a negative way. Why? Because you're afraid of being called a racist. Once you are called a racist, bigoted, fundamentalist, Christian, whatever, then you, you, know, you become stigmatized. So, in my view, racism has nothing to do with critiquing religion. You know, it's like saying that you're racist if you criticize Nazism. So uh, you can talk about Osama, but you can't talk about Islam, what he believes. It is not racism to critique religion. Because if I go to a bookstore here today, in any bookstore in America, I'll, f- I'll see books galore criticizing Christianity. Mm-hmm. Movies criticizing Christianity, criticizing Jesus, and so on and so forth. We have no problems with that. We welcome criticizing the Bible, because God can defend himself. But not so with Islam. They consider you as a racist, and this is the problem. With that title, calling people racist for addressing this issue, they have stolen our freedom. They have taken away our freedom to critique and to believe what we want to believe when it comes to the issue of religion. I mean, anybody who believes, let's say, Joseph Smith is a prophet from God, becomes a Mormon. Well, the reason that the majority of Americans are not Mormon is because they don't believe that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. Mm-hmm. Is somebody to say that saying that Joseph Smith is not a prophet of God, is that racism? Or somebody saying that Muhammad is not the prophet of God, is that racism? Or Muhammad killed the Jews of Saudi Arabia, is that racism? See, we have, they have tweaked the definition of racism in order to apply it to the Muslims, when in fact racism was pretty much practiced against Jewish and against the blacks and against other, even against the whites today. That's racism, you know, to not hire somebody because of their the religious background. That's racism. Uh, so uh, to critique a religion can't be racism whatsoever. It is part of our fabric of this country to critique religion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just to, to go along with that, what just happened, uh, you may well have heard about this, but um, in Aurora, Colorado, an 11-year-old boy was suspended uh, because he wore, he, they were told to wear something patriotic, red, white, and blue, to school, and he wore a homemade T-shirt that said, Obama is a terrorist's best friend, and he was told that he had to change his T-shirt or turn it inside out, or be suspended. And he chose being suspended. And, uh, you know, this is just showing, and that the school is uh, trying to say that he wasn't suspended for wearing the shirt, but for willful disobedience and defiance, and and that this was interfering with learning in school that day. To have willful disobedience and defiance is part of the fabric of this country. That's right. We were defiant when the English wanted to colonize, keep America as a colony. We liberated ourselves from England. This is, this is the defiance of America. In other words, uh, it, it, it's, you can have peace with Islam if every American will say, there is no God but Allah, Muhammad is his messenger. Right. Now, Ahmadinejad made that proposal to the President of the United States of America. Osama bin Laden gave that proposal to all Americans. Just say, there is no God but Allah, Muhammad is his messenger, then he will have peace. Well, how many Americans are willing to do that? Why won't we do that? 
because nobody tells us what to do, because we are defiant. We snub our noses to anybody who tries to tell us what kind of a God we want to believe in. So I guess every American who does not want to accept this peace offer is a radical, is a bigoted, fundamentalist American. Uh, you'll have peace instantly in the Middle East if all Americans will say there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is messenger. You'll have peace demonstrations for an, in, in an instant. So you had the Pope criticize Islam, and what happened? There was uh, demonstrations all throughout the world. Why? Because supposedly the Pope doesn't know what he's talking about. Islam means peace. Yet every single demonstration that, that did not like what the Pope said expressed this peaceful Islam by sheer violence. Yeah. So how could somebody say, look, we are peaceful and express this peace by sheer violence, by killing nuns, burning churches, creating havoc all over the world? You know, it's, it's very obvious. What is obvious is obvious. I think what's happening is that we're denying what is so obvious. This is the, this is the pill that people take, you know, uh, from the media. And that is, yeah. you know, to reject to be called divisive, to be aware to be politically correct, and to be aware not to critique or criticize religion, or to not to speak politics, and this kind of thing. So I think Americans need to begin to uh, stand up and speak out what they believe and stand up for this country to reclaim our nation, to reclaim our freedom. Because if Obama wins, I guarantee you, um, um, it's on record as we speak, I guarantee you that the Fairness Act will kick in and people like you and me won't be able to speak out anymore. Our freedoms will be taken away. That's what will happen. And this movement is trying to do it politically. So, and, you know, Islam comes not by just terrorism. Islam comes by uh, three stages. Jihad is, is, it comes in three stages. The, uh, uh, the uh, financial stage, and that is opening madrasas and mosques, opening institutions and legal institutions like Council of American Islamic Relations to begin to sue people who speak out. Yes. It comes by the, the political movement, by going and inculca inculcating the university students, the youth, the schools, putting Islamic compliant educational system in the curriculum, in the historic the Department of History, uh, English, uh, 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 Middle East studies, uh, Oriental studies, because the idea, if you, if you brainwash one generation, it's all over. And that's what they're focusing on, is on the youth. In 150 universities across this country, 150 major universities, you have Islamic student associations. The Muslim Student Association supports openly in the Arabic language the terrorists. In the English language, they, all, they always say, we condemn terrorism. Condemning terrorism is not a verb, it's an act. How, by action, do these groups condemn terrorism? How does Barack Obama, by action, condemns terrorism? Not by saying, oh, we're going to protect Arab Americans who are arrested, or we are going to speak with Ahmed al-Nijad, we're going to welcome, you know, terrorist leaders and infrastructures to come to America. Yes, this is, uh, well, and, we'll, and what's the third, the third stage? The third stage, once uh, the political stage and the financial stage kicks in, 
and they become the, sub, the dominating power, or in other words, strong enough, then it will kick in into the actual stage. And that is persecution, beheading, terrorism, killing, and the whole thing, just like you've seen in Nazi Germany. Okay, and on that note, we need to take a break, but um, it's all too real, especially if Obama gets in. So stay tuned. We're, you're, we're, <laughs> am I, I can't talk after <laughs> thinking about how real all that is. We're talking with my guest, Walid Shubat, an ex-Palestinian terrorist. We're talking about um, supporting Obama, Islamists, what I called radical Islamists, but we've heard a better definition, and why they support Obama and why this should scare the hell out of you, and I think we're at that point. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america voiceamerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with my guest, Waleed Shubat, an ex-Palestinian terrorist who is trying to warn us all, um, like Noah did about the flood, that um, we have to really pay attention to what the goals of um, Islamists, radical Islamists, you know, um, people who want to see the destruction of America, what they really are up to. And, and, you know, I've been steeped in this for years, actually, ever since 9-11, doing research for my books, Coping with Terrorism, and so on. So 
um, you know, I, I know enough to know that what you're saying about the financial um, efforts that are being made and the political efforts, I mean, they are really already so entrenched. We're, we're at the third stage where um, right. it's, it's, it's almost time for the persecutions and beheadings. Right, right. I mean, you look at the... This is why I would argue. I say, <clears throat> look, it's usually the minority groups that have the, 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 the facts, but yet they are the least listened to because they're considered extremists. Well, Winston Churchill was a minority group, and he was warning about Nazism. Yet no one today in the West will argue that Winston Churchill, being a Nazi-phobe, was correct. We've seen a financial meltdown in America, and who's going to come and rescue us? Well, it's going to be petrodollars, you know, Dubai, oil wealth, money and financiers, basically beginning to buy uh, our own country. You hmm. see, then, then they become uh, movers and shakers. So it will creep in, and they're welcoming this kind of thing. Oh, let's get money from China, let's get money from the, 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 the Arab wealth and this kind of thing. So we're in danger. Yes, and, 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 and when, you know, you were talking before about, um, I mean, America has used money as a way of sort of uh, trying to get the terrorists in these different countries to, uh, to be calm for a while, and now if we're depending upon money from terrorists, essentially, or right. terrorist countries, uh, to save us so that we can then pay terror, I mean, at some point it's going to break right. down. Yeah, we're paying trillions to uh, save the Middle East, save Saudi Arabia, save Kuwait. You know, even after saving Kuwait, how, how many Kuwaitis, when it came to 9-11, supported us? Mm-hmm. What did they say about 9-11? You know, they said it was a Jewish conspiracy. We saved Iraq from Saddam Hussein. What do the Iraqis want? They want us out of there. Uh, so, you know, we're helping countries that hate us, and we're mm-hmm. buying their slime we're buying the slime, the oil, that greasy oil, from the slime of humanity who opens madrasas in our cities all across this country. There are madrasas and Islamic schools and, 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 and mosques and, you know, teaching. Ninety percent of the mosques in America teaches fundamental Islam. You know, this, this is proven fact. Um, so you can see the extent of the problem. It's, it's, not, it's not as we're dealing with a single Nazi Germany. You know, we can say, okay, Iran is a Nazi Germany, but we're dealing with Somalia, we're dealing with Sudan, we're dealing with Libya, we're dealing with uh, Turkey, which is now that didn't allow Americans to use their soil to go fight the war in Iraq. Turkey, by election, by political means, allowed an Islamic fundamentalist uh, party to win the elections by democratic means. Hmm. Uh, we have Hamas stand today. Uh, Israel has been divided to, 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 to three pieces now. Hamas stand, Palestine, and Israel proper. Uh, this is no longer theory. This has become reality. Uh, we declare the PLO as a uh, government that we can deal with. They're no longer terrorists, you know. They can come here to America. We go visit them. We send Condoleezza Rice to meet with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the terrorists, in other words, are able to take a different facade, a different face, to say, okay, give us the money, we're moderate. Uh, because in Islam, it has an injunction called hudna. Hudna is a, uh, what is called a ceasefire treaty. In other words, if you're dealing with a country that is more powerful militarily than you, you're allowed by Islamic Sharia law to establish a treaty with them. It's not a peace treaty. It is a ceasefire treaty called Hudna. There, is no, there has never been in history a single Hudna that was kept because in Islam, uh, 
Hudna is up to 10 years, and it must be broken at some point in time. Why? Because it, is, it goes contrary to the Islamic theology to have an everlasting peace treaty with a non-Muslim entity. In other words, in Islam, you cannot have an everlasting peace treaty with a non-Muslim entity. This is why you see the problems in Israel. This is why you see all the recognition, supposedly, of the right of Israel to exist has been a ruse, you know, has been a fraud. Yet, yet they call the ones who are fighting this mechanism as frauds and as anti-peace and this kind of thing. If you look at even my name in the media, just, you can just Google my name, Shoebat. You can see all the accusations that I'm a, a fraud and all kinds of things. Because if they can't defeat the message, they will attack the messenger. They will attack the message the messenger is giving. They will make it politically incorrect for the messenger to address the issues. They will make it politically correct for you to address uh, the uh, ones who hijacked Islam. You can say it's Islam. Uh, you can address Al-Qaeda. You see CNN, Christian Amanpour, doing all these silly programs you know, about Al-Qaeda and everything else, yet the main topic that is not addressed is not the violent parts of the Islamist movement, mm. but the peaceful parts of the Islamic movement and the political parts of the Islamic movement. This is the issue. This is the problem. Well, the seemingly peaceful parts. That's correct. Well, the parts that are, that are hiding their ultimate agenda. That is correct. Well, you know, I, I, you're being, you're sort of touching on it now, but you, you've had um, numerous threats on your life, have you not? Yeah, but I don't live by threats or, you know, in other words, look. I mean, is, you're being humble, but I, I guess I'm trying to point out that, um, that, that all of what you're trying to explain to us, and, and as you do in your books and your videos and your talks and so on, um, is at great peril to yourself, and yet it's because of your own experiences and your own realization that all of this, uh, these teachings are, 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 are such, a, such a fraud that you're trying to warn us all. Terrorism means what? Terrorism means fear. The way to fight fear is the opposite, fearlessness. We have to be fearless when we fight fear. You can't be afraid fighting fear. This is contrary to fighting terrorism. Mm -hmm. So we have to be a special breed that is not afraid of the threats, that is not afraid of these, uh, you know, threatening to kill you and this kind of thing, because we are all going to die. I asked my son that question, you know, 15-year-old. I said, you know, people keep asking me the question, you know, are you not afraid, are they threatening your life, this kind of thing, so on and so forth. I don't know what to tell him. He says, Dad, tell him this. Tell him that we're all going to die. We can either die for something, mm. or we can die of something. Mm -hmm. Take a pick. We're all going to die. You know, so what we do in our life is the process of make, you know, being active and, and telling our children what we did so they can tell their children what their grandfather did. Yes. That's what America is about. Absolutely. What a very wise son. <laughs> and that's absolutely true. And let me make sure I give out your website so that people can um, look into some of these things that you're talking about on a on a deeper level than, than we can cover in an hour. But the website to go to is www, of course, shubot.com. 
that's uh, spelt like shoe and bat, S-H-O-E-B-A-T, shoebot.com. And Waleed, I thank you again for being on the show. It's always a pleasure and uh, scary, but a pleasure. <laughs> and I totally agree with your son. It is much better to die for something than of something. And uh, the bottom line is that we may be dying of something if we uh, have the un- misfortune of having Obama elected. So thank you again. That's Waleed Shubat. And again, his website is shubat.com, S-H-O-E-B-A-T. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.